0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mother's Day edition of the Tech Educator Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am here today, as always, joined by my great co-host. I want to bring on to the show, returning from the great city of Chicago, Mr. Jeff Herb. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Jeff. How are you doing? Doing well. And uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the great things that have been going on this week with Instructional Tech Talk.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I was able to finally sit down and get the weekly challenge back in order uh, this week you can learn about how Evernote can streamline your organizational skills. Uh, yeah, I know, so great. Um, and so I'm excited to be able to release that. You can head on over to instructionaltechtalk.com slash challenge for all the back challenges. And the new one that will be released this evening uh, all about Evernote. So the Evernote Weekly Challenge, I'm excited about that one. I've had that one by popular request. And uh, I'm excited to release that. So that's the new thing going on this week
0: at Instructional Tech Talk. Nice. Very, very nice.
2: Nice. Uh, I love it. Evernote. Oh,
0: how is that. the podcast coming? What's that? You're up? To, you're up to episode, what, 19 or 20 at 19, this point? yep. Podcast coming along well. Um,
1: you know, I, I did not release one this week because I am still trying to fine-tune, and I'm going to be working with you on this next one, Jeff, um, to fine-tune the process on how to start-to-finish podcast for free, and I just want to make sure that it is uh, totally streamlined before I release it, and so I have not released that one this past week, but it should be coming in the next week or so.
0: Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Well, we look forward to always seeing what you have going on over there. at the TikTok. appreciate it. Also want to introduce from Palo Alto, California, my other great co-host, Mr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you today?
3: I'm doing great today, Jeff. Really glad to be here on the show. What's, uh, what's going on with Patui? Well, last week in Patui, I left it in the knowing hands of William Chamberlain and Carl, and they are just some hardcore edu-disruptors, and they were talking about what the pedagogical implications of Twitter chat were, and that went very well. This week, I'm co-hosting with Jill Thompson of 21st Century Educator Chat, and we're going to be looking at data-driven instruction.
0: And uh, how are the puppets? We, the we, puppets all... get, we get a lot of comments about the puppets, actually, Sam.
3: Well, I'm I'm glad because you know they're they're no small they're no small thing. They're they're all doing pretty well.
0: <laughs> and who is was that, Sam?
3: Um, this this is Pi, and this is Shelly Terrell's favorite.
0: Pie, <laughs> her favorite. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Well, it's good that everything's going well out there in California, and. uh, John um, sends his regards today. John uh, Samuelson could not make it today. Um, But I know there's a lot of great stuff going down in Texas. As far as TeacherCast, we've had a great last week. We did actually an on-site visit to Passaic City School District. Um, We actually did a podcast with them uh, two weeks ago, actually, at this point. Podcast 89, where we were showing off their great brand-new one-to-one Samsung Chromebooks. So. Um had a chance to go visit them and pop out that podcast, and next week we're going to be popping out a nice show featuring Memphis City School District and how they're using other Samsung-type whiteboards and Chromebooks in their 101,000 students' uh, school district. So lots of great stuff coming out, and also yeah. last night we released a show that we did with one of our co-hosts and guests from today's show, uh, School Info App, so Stick around for the last part of our show today. If you're interested in learning how to create an app for your school, we've got uh, Jordan Riggs coming up later on to talk you through the creation of your own school app. Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, great educational news that's going on today. Sam, what's been going on in the educational world this week?
3: Well, the thing that all of my friends have been talking to me about this week is Jeff Bliss, the young man who chewed out his teacher for packet-based instruction and walked out of class. And that video has kind of gone viral and sponsored, you know, just kind of created a big conversation about whether he was being disrespectful or not. But more than that, kind of focusing it on, you know, what a teacher's obligation is to create kind of an engaging and inspiring environment. So that's been a very interesting conversation to be a part of this week with some people saying he was clearly being a disrespectful young ingrate and other people saying but he has
0: a point. <laughs> very very much so. Jeff what do you think of that story?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one and it's, you know, it's kind of hard to take a side necessarily, but at the same time, you know, as we continue trying to make the rigor step up in our classroom and present things in ways that are challenging but meaningful to students, I kind of have to side on his side, too.
0: (laughs) You know, I don't know if he could have handled it maybe a little bit differently, but... (laughs) um, How would you have handled it if it was a student going off on you, as an administrator?
1: Well, I mean, I would hope that I would have been able... Well, as an administrator, it's a little bit different because you deal with it after it's already happened. But um, as a teacher, I would hope that in my classroom, the students would be free enough to be able to at least talk to me about it without having to get to a point where it explodes. You know, I always prided myself on having a really good working relationship with my students so that if they challenged something, they knew that they could bring it up in a respectful manner, and I would be open to it for sure. Um, but you know, if you're asking me to look at it in the eyes of an administrator, by the time it gets to me, It's already happened, and you just gotta have to deal
0: with the situation as it comes. Nice. Is he a celebrity? Should he be a celebrity? Should he be something that all of our kids look up to as the kid that told off his student or the kid that told off his teacher?
3: In in some degree, I think you know he's already there to, to in some aspect. And what I like to call attention to is the fact that he got through that whole rant without going ad hominem. He didn't attack the teacher. He attacked the teaching. And that, to me, was incredibly impressive because, you know, he kept the language PG to PG-13, all depending on how you feel about, you know, his, his replacement phraseology there. But, um, you know, by and large, he was addressing what he felt the shortcomings of the teachings what was, uh, was, and not, you know, calling the teacher a name and then storming out. Uh, this, this is on YouTube. and, and uh one of the biggest hashtags
0: going around right now is uh, hashtag Jeff Bliss. So. Awesome. Well, oh, I didn't even know there was a hashtag. In the, uh, show
3: notes. Nice. Yeah, there's a link to my blog in the show notes, and I've got a yeah, uh, piece on it there right now.
0: So we'll definitely uh, continue to follow this and other great stories. Now, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about our show, we certainly welcome you to check out the TecheducatorPodcast.com website as I bring it up here. We right now are on episode number 13, which means we have 12 great uh, pieces of content. Most of them are on video. You can, of course, check out the Tech Educator Podcast live every Sunday night at 7 o'clock over at Teachercast.tv. We just got done wrapping up a series of shows on Twitter and how your school district can get onto the social media bandwagon. And last week, uh, episode 13, we talked all about creating great websites such as WordPress, Kidblog, and Weebly. And that brings us to tonight's topic, everybody. We are talking about Edmodo and also how can your class and how does your school create a great mobile environment? And I want to bring on a special guest, a great New Jersey educator, I want to bring to the show Miss Alyssa Malaspina. Alyssa, how are you today?
2: Good, Jeff. How are you? I'm sorry if there's a little noise in the background. I'm at my friend's house and I can't control the children like I normally do.
0: Well, speaking of controlling the children, happy Mother's Day.
2: Thank you.
0: And uh, welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you?
2: Sure, I'm a librarian at uh, South Orange Middle School in South Orange, New Jersey, um, and do a lot of technology integration with the staff in the school, but also with the you know district staff. And I present a lot at different conferences on different technology topics, like um, Edmodo, Evernote, Live Binder, stuff like that. Lots of different topics.
0: And. Uh- I do want to say you are doing a fabulous demonstration this year coming up in uh, in San Antonio, aren't you?
2: I am. I don't know who I'm presenting with. It's, uh, it's some person. I, I can't remember his name. I'm really the Banna White to Jeff's, uh, you know, for Jeff's presentation. You- I, I just stand there and go, look. <laughs> and, you know, I look pretty, and that's really all I have to do for this presentation. So I'm very excited. I'm presenting with with Jeff at ISTE, and then um, I'm also, I think, gonna, I'm going to present in the playground area, and then um, there's talk of me presenting with my idols, Shannon, and jo- Shannon Miller and Joyce Valenza, when they're doing their presentation so.
0: If you are mm-hmm. going down to ISTE, we have our, our three-hour workshop called Don't Just Publish It, Broadcast It, which we're going to be giving on Saturday at 12 30. It's a three hour workshop. It's going to be fabulous. How to podcast, how to broadcast, how to do websites. We're going to bring all of the action to you live. And uh, Vanna White over here is going to be uh, very much helping me out. So
2: I, all I do, you know, really, that's all I have to do. <laughs> now, <laughs>
0: our, I, I've seen you give this presentation many times and, and thank you for taking the time out of your mother's day to come on the show. And Not a problem. A about Ed Modo. What, what is Ed Modo?
2: Edmodo is basically a free social networking site for educators. And when educators hear social networking sites, they freak out. And they shouldn't freak out because it's safe, it's all moderated by the educators, but it allows you to connect with your students in ways that you couldn't before. It's taking sort of that website and making it more interactive, It allows you to have, uh, you know, attach links for videos. It allows you to do grading, quizzes, tests. It allows you to have a calendar on it. It just, you know, talk back and forth. It really takes your, it can take your classroom and make it, uh, you know, totally paperless. At least that's what we have almost done in our school.
0: Can you take us through what Edmodo is? Can you show us uh, a little bit? How you
2: I'm, I'm going to switch over to screen share. So you're going to miss my pretty face, you know, but you'll hear my great voice, which is not so great. Um, and we'll talk you through sort of how to use Edmodo and some of the things. So basically, and let me get my screen share on. Oh, that's like a new term. Get your screen share on. <laughs> I like it. Um, this is Edmodo. It's edmodo.com. Some schools have their own Edmodo domain. So, you know, to sign up normally, it would be edmodo.com. But if your school is already on Edmodo, you might have your own Edmodo domain, like edmodo.com. So it depends, you know, if you're new to Edmodo, you might just use that. But, you know, some school districts have it. So you'll see up here, it says Edmodo for South Orange Middle School right there. And then you just put in your username and password. So now you got. And you have an email address. Choose an email address that's going to be good for you to use that you'll get email from because that's how you get notifications that kids are, or parents, or, you know, mainly kids are talking to you or have added stuff to your classroom. So I used to have it attached to my school email, but my school email was blocking Edmodo a little. and. So I switched it to my Gmail, so that way I always had that ability to have, um, you know, I was always seeing the notifications when they come in, and that is a nice thing. So this is Edmodo. When you come in, it looks like this, which most of you guys are like, oh, that sort of looks familiar because it sort of looks like Facebook. And it helps the kids because they're sort of used to it. You know, we use it in our middle school a lot. And even though the kids, you know, most of our kids may not have Facebook pages. Well, some do. They understand what Facebook looks like. So up here is where you have your latest posts. These are the groups and communities I belong to. This is where I'm seeing all the latest stuff that's coming through, you know, there's all different communities and groups that you can belong to. So, like, I belong to a computer, techn, a computer technology group, and that's a new post. It's great also, Edmodo is great not only to work with your classes, but also for professional development because they have all these different groups and, and ways to, you know, meet new people and learn new things. So, when you scroll down, you can see all the posts, and then you see, you know, the different people. And what's going on you see the recent activity so I can see all my students and when they've logged in and the times they've logged in Uh, you get your notifications up here so you see you know I have four new group members I have a direct post which is when a kid talks to you and you talk back but kids cannot direct post each other direct message each other which is very nice and then (laughs) very nice And then you have the, over here on the side, is the groups. These are all the groups I belong to. So there's like groups for freebies in education, 4 c Classroom Chat, and Notocon. We have an IP group. show you, you know what, first I'm going to show you a classes group. So Miss Butler is one of the teachers that I work with all the time, Melissa Butler, and she does a lot with Edmodo too, and we teach a lot together on Edmodo. This is what her third period classroom looks like. So what it is here is this is where, what's great about Edmodo is the whole idea is that you make groups for each of your classes. So if you're a teacher, you'll see that You know, you'll have a period three class, a period two class, and you have different classes for each group. And then the kids in that class join the group. And those kids can only talk to the kids in that group. They can't talk to anybody else. And they cannot direct message each other. So you can only see what, you can always see what the kids are doing. There's no behind, you know, chatting going on. Everything is out in the open. So as you see here, Ms. Butler is talking to her kids. She's saying, you know, this is the narrative essay. This is what you should have. These are what you should have in here. You know, and then, um, <laughs> you know, you, you have people talking like, late quick reminders. Can you bring your book tomorrow? Place it in your locker and bring it in the, to your afternoon classes. You know, stuff like that that the kids, little reminders to the kids so that they remember to do this. And, you know, there's her new puppy. Um, but <laughs> here's I exemplary. As, I don't, do you want to see the new puppy more? There's oh, okay. Nemo. I
1: have a see? question, though, about those reminders, though.
3: In,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a student's account, do they have the ability to set up a reminder to be like a push notification or a text or something that as things they are updated? They
2: do. They do. If I go into settings here, you'll see where it says account and settings. You have the ability to email and text updates. So I can set my notifications so that I can have it as a text message if I wanted or as an email. And I can choose what I want. Do I want alerts? Do I want replies, connection requests? I can choose exactly what I want my notifications to be, which is really nice. So kids can push out to kids. Kids can choose to have a text message sent. So anytime something posts in that group, they would get a text message or an email message. And then when they log in, they also get notifications on the side here, which, you know, you can see here. So they'll know, too, oh, I have a notification. You know, here's something. Miss Butler just posted something. I better look and see what it is. As long
3: as we're uh, talking notifications, do they also have the ability to have assignments and stuff published to a calendar and to integrate that out with, like, iCal?
2: I do not think that that is what happens. Let's look. That's a good question. If you go to the Planner feature up here, this is the calendar, and you could see, like, what's coming soon, if I want to add something. It comes up as a new task. But you can export it. Yeah, my weeks, you know, I don't have much on there. But when you export it, I think it just exports as a, like, document. It doesn't really export as an iCal. But you can print it. But if I wanted to make a new event, like my students had something due, all Mm -hmm. I would go is is into new event, and I would write description, and I'm going to make one just because I know something that is coming up. So – and I'm going to write, we have a big poetry summit coming up.
3: Hopefully to end the poetry arms race.
2: Yes. It's a, it's actually really cool. We have a four-school virtual poetry summit coming up between uh, schools in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, Prince Edward's Island in Canada, and um, Van Meter School, Shanna Miller School. So... Then when you put the event in, you can even have the event as like a date range, or you could have it as a single date. And then you click who you want to send it to. Do I want to send it to one student? Do I want to send it to a whole group? And I have the ability to send it to group. So I'm sending this to the library group, but I'm also, I have a poetry summit group. I'm also sending it to the poetry summit group, which means that... Um, I keep making events for each thing. I can just do it once and I can choose exactly who I want to send it to. And then when I create, um, when I hit create, you'll see that it'll show up there. And the kids, anybody who's in these two groups is going to get a little notification on their calendar that that event is there, which is really nice. It takes the whole idea out of the ability to now have your calendar online for your kids to see. So a lot of times, a lot of teachers use it, you know, th- this is when the homework's due. Remember, this assignment's coming up. You have this to do, you know, and they can do all of that. If I go back to months, you'll see that, you know, here's some things like that have been added to calendar. So you'll see open-ended questions for responses there, strategies for using Evernote. Here's the cupcake decorating thing. You know, there's all different events that have occurred, and the kids can see that at all times. And parents, depending on if you publish it to parents too, parents also have the ability to see that. So just, in one place, you can do all your communicating with a, with a group. So let's go back a little because I showed you basics. To jo- let's go back, and here's how to join a group or create a group. So you get group codes. And I'll show you what a group code is. I'll go to one that's not locked. I'm not going to unlock Ms. Butler's class because she would be not happy with me. <laughs> but mine's unlocked. And the reason mine is unlocked is because mine is for the entire school. So I don't keep it locked. I suggest that if you're a teacher or that when you have all your kids in your group, lock it so then other people can't come in. But I have to keep mine unlocked because students are entering at all times, especially if we're doing an assignment. So I keep mine unlocked. So this is my group code. And so you would give out your students your group code. You would create a group, and I'll create one. And we'll call it, I don't know, test two. Then you'd select an age range, and let's just say it's second grade. Then you have to select an area. We're going to call it language arts. Then you have to select the subject. We'll say all. And then if you have the advanced options, here is where you have the ability to control what happens in your group. Do you want the kids to be able to post in the group? Do you want them only to be able to read what happens? Do you want to moderate all posts and replies before they go into it? You have the ability to really control what happens in your group. So this is where it takes away that fear of kids doing something wrong, or I'm not sure my kids can handle it. You can always also go back and change things. So if in the beginning you are a little scared about how my kids are going to react, maybe you just set them as read only to start with, and then they read whatever you post, but they don't comment. And then as things get a little later on in the year or stuff, then you can move to not read-only. I never set my groups as read-only. I have one group only that I set as read-only. Other than that, all my groups are open to everybody. And I really think that you should have them open because that gets the kids to understand more and to understand how to do things. But, you know, that's an option that's for you. And then if I create a group, so this is my group and this is my group code and say, I didn't like that group code. Cause then, you know, it was weird. I, you know, I can reset it to something that might be a little easier. And then I take that group code and I give it to my students. I invite my students for that group code. And then I start sharing information with them and I post stuff and you know, I might post a note to them, you know, well, The test group, and then what's nice is you have the ability to send it now, and then, or you can schedule the post. So this is where that is makes it so nice. So say you're a classroom teacher and you make a big assignment. It's you know a three week assignment, and they have certain things due at different times. You can spend 20 minutes and post everything for them in that 20 minute time period. Because you can choose a day and a time where it goes out. So if you are, you know, at home, you know, because no teachers ever do any work at home on, you know, a Sunday night and you're planning out your week and you know that you need that, you know, these are the homework assignments that are going to be for the week. You can schedule your posts to go at different times. So it could be, you know, if I choose the day, maybe I want this post to go the 13th and I want it to go at 10 a.m. And I go like that. And then I know that at 10 a.m. that post is going to go out. Or I can have it go immediately. So, and then I just hit send and my post goes out. Or if I wanted, you know, and I hit send, you're going to see it show up on the wall right now. And then you, the, t- the kids have the ability, whoever's in your group has the ability to write, reply back. So you can ask questions that way. You can do assignments with the kids. So I can make an assignment and then I can include and load assignments for the kids. Like, you know, do this homework assignment. It's due on this day. And I would just load the assignment here and I would have it. And then it gets out for the kids and it has a due date and the kids see it when they come up and they can do it right there. And it's taking away them the ability for them. And, you know, our middle schoolers are key, great at this, losing their homework. You can never say, hey, you didn't have it. It's on Edmodo. It takes away those excuses. You also have the ability to do quizzes with the kids. And the quizzes will grade themselves, especially if they're multiple choice. Mm-hmm. So you can add a question. And you can add a question. And then you have the response. And you can do the, the correct answer. And it's all there for you. And then it will grade the quizzes for you. I'm going to take you back and show you sort of one of the quizzes I've done. So you can get an idea a little more about what that is. But while you you're, talk-
3: while you're doing that, when the t- talk to us a little bit about what it does with the data backend. So is this synchronized with a native gradebook? You know, what happens with the information once it grades that quiz?
2: So here's the progress. So, like, if you see here, and I'll go into one where I have quizzes. Oh, no, Miss Butler is going to have a lot of quizzes in here. I'm going to use her class as a good example. You see here, it automatically goes to the quiz. And then here, look, we'll look, view the assignment. So you can get an idea of what the quiz is. So this was the quiz. This is everything. It breaks it down for you exactly how it occurs. So you see what the quizzes questions were, you know, what character was, and you see exactly how the kids did. So, you know, 74 were were correct, 26 were not, and there was four not graded. So you can see exactly the breakdown of all of the questions. You can see who got the high scores, what each grade kid's score was, if you wanted, you could use this as your entire, technically, you could use it as your entire gradebook. We don't use it that way. We use PowerSchool, but because it will do all of this for you, you don't have to do anything. It grades it for you, and then you can just import it into like PowerSchool or do stuff like that. And you can print the quiz, and you can add it to the gradebook. You could lock the quiz. You have all that ability right there for you. And you can see that there's a grade book for all the kids in their progress area, and you can get an idea exactly how they've done on each of the little assignments that they have occurred. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome.
0: It really seems like Edmodo is, is basically a great solution for any teacher or school district, whether it be middle school, elementary, high school. It really does offer a solution for everybody.
2: Oh, it totally does. And we're not even talking, like, I mean, if I had two hours, I would talk to you about it. But there's also the idea of a library. So you can store all your files on Edmodo. So here's everything, like, you can, ins- you can store, you know, websites, files you have for the kids to, you know, have information on, you know, like, reading letter doc all of this stuff goes in your library and then the kids have access to your library. Whatever you allow them to have because you make different folders you can then allow them to have access to that library. So if you go to my group and I'm going to go to my group, my library group, you'll see that I have made folders for different areas. So they have access to the folder. So if you go up here to folders, you'll see that these are the folders they have access to. So when it says not 7th grade feature article, so this is a I taught about feature article writing to my students and we had a big lesson and we talked about all this the information. And I told them all these things, but I wanted them to have access to it later. So I put the information that they needed. Here's the- you need to know about using the library database. You need to know about Noodle Tools, and you need to know Evernote because you're going to use that for your project. So I put it all here for them so they have that always with them. And they can just go and find all that information. Teachers make, if you look at Melissa's um, third period class, and I'll go back to this because it works a little better. And you go into her folder area, you'll see she has folders for every Unit that she has done with her students. So here's her explanatory writing unit. It's got all the quotes, the rubrics, the explanatory essay checklist, every the writing prompts. Everything you needed is there for the kids. So they don't. There's no more. Mrs. Malaspina I don't have that anymore. Or where did that paper go that you were you were talking about today? Or, oh, I can't do my homework because I don't have that. Because it can all be on Edmodo for them. And they can also, when they do assignments, they can go in and then upload their assignments to their teacher on Edmodo. And they the teacher can then give them their grades. And there's actually an annotation feature in Edmodo that you can annotate your grades, and write stuff back to the kids. It's amazing.
0: Um, I I think it certainly sounds, uh, Sam, Jeff, I think it certainly sounds like we should do a whole uh, tech educator podcast down the road on this.
2: Definitely. I mean, you could. It does everything you need as an educator and so much more. I'm not getting into like all of the information just because I would totally overwhelm you. (laughs) So I'm trying to give you just, you know, somewhat basics to get you an idea of how it works.
0: Real, real but, quick, Alyssa, if, if an educator is looking to get onto Edmodo, where do they find it, and uh, h- how do they start their journey here?
2: Edmodo.com, Www. they have an amazing help section too, so they have a great help section, if you go scroll to the bottom, and I'll find it for you, or if I... I need to log out to make it easier for you. But um, if you go to Edmodo and you go to About and you can go to Help, their Help section is really good. So they have, like, everything. How to sign up, how to sign up your students, how to sign up your parents. They have tools for rolling out Edmodo. So they have things like sample guidelines so it can help you with your kids. You know, here's a code of conduct. You know, they have sample letters to parents on how it is. They have webinars that you can attend to understand more and to learn about, you know, everything Edmodo.
0: Listen, we have a a question coming in here for you. Sure. uh, Very, very quick because I know we want to get on to. Yeah, I
2: know. I, I feel like I'm talking too much.
0: Um, question Sorry. Is from at Tucker City and he says can you give parents their own access to Edmodo or do they chat through their child's accounts?
2: No, they can have their own account. And if you look back at the Edmodo thing, I you they don't we don't like them to have their own account. They're linked to the the parents are linked to kids, but they are not they do not have their own account, So if you see here on this page where it says, sign up now, I'm a teacher, I'm a student, and it goes to, I'm a parent. So the parent code would be, you as a teacher can give out a parent code. And the parent code is usually, basically, the code that is whatever the code is for your class. But you can see, if you go back in, if I go back into Edmodo, sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Um, and i log in you can see where it like, is for it and you can give it to the parents and then the parents can just see what you post so they don't see everything which is good in a way it's only what you choose so test and i go to send to i would test that it went to the parents you see how it says parents next to it yeah. I would only send out to the parents what I want them to see. They can't see everything. So if there's like an assignment, they won't be able to take their kid's assignment for them because they don't have access to that. They only have access to what you choose to allow them to have access to. That's great. Which is a nice feature. That's
0: really awesome. Alyssa, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your Mother's Day to
2: uh,
0: share Edmodo with us. And uh, we would love to, of course, have you come back on the show. To talk all about uh, Edmodo in a full-length episode sometime.
2: I would totally do that whenever you great. need to. I mean, I I hope that I was able to give you somewhat of the basics, but oh, you I know, it so. was sort of quick.
1: You know, <laughs> one of my favorite things about Edmodo is that you know, as it's organized into groups, what's great if your building can kind of get on the same page, oh, your yeah. students can only you will only have one login. All of those yeah. things will be in one location. And I think that's what's so hard right now for kids is that they're trying to remember, you know, eight different websites or six different logins because their teachers are trying to use all these different tools. And if your building decides to go one, to one of these LMS systems, you know, try and stay on one page so that everyone's using kind of the same thing. And that way the kids will have a much easier time uh, learning how to use it.
2: Yeah, because like what I, that's totally true. So they have that one login, and then whatever groups they join are on that side, sort of like you saw the groups that I joined. So it's all in one place and it makes it very nice for the kids. So they'll, you know, have all of their classes in one place. Yeah,
1: that's good stuff. Well, thank you again, (laughs) Alyssa.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys.
1: Absolutely. Jeff, what's up next?
0: Well, I uh, recently was out searching for my school district on ways to uh, provide a mobile solution for them. They've actually asked me to start researching ways for them to create a mobile app for our school district. And I started looking around and I found many, many great solutions out there for creating audio uh, mobile apps. But the one that I really thought was the best overall is called School Info App. And I tweeted them uh, last week and got into a great conversation, invited them onto the podcast last night. We did an amazing uh, app spotlight, which you can find over at podcast.teachercast.net slash info app. And I want to invite to the show today, Mr. Jordan Riggs from schoolinfoapp.com. Jordan, how are you? Welcome to the program.
4: I'm great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem. Talk to us a little bit about School Info app.
4: Okay. First, before I do, I've got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm a wee bit intimidated uh, most of the time in my life, I've been in a room surrounded with teachers. It wasn't uh, a positive thing. It was uh, because I had uh, I had done something to get there. So anyway, <laughs> I really appreciate getting a chance to visit with you guys. And uh, just to kind of give you a, a quick thing about, about School Info App, basically School Info App, uh, simply put, is a simple way for a school uh, and or a school district, entire district, to provide uh, stakeholders with a really powerful, really valuable Uh, really time-saving mobile app, uh, quite simply put, because we do all the work, uh, but we give you all the credit. Um, We've designed our entire platform, our entire process to make it incredibly easy uh, at at every step of the way, uh, but with a really powerful uh, uh, final product. Uh, Mobile apps, uh, you know, we really believe that every organization, uh, every school, every district out there over the next couple of years is going to recognize the value of having a mobile app, uh, and, and all the things that can go with it, but let me just jump over. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little screen sharing too, if that's all right. Sure. And uh, I'm going to jump you to my, our website, which is schoolinfoapp.com. And, uh, hopefully you guys are seeing our, our, our set of features that come with our apps. And, and I just want to point out a couple of quick things and then, uh, and then want to answer any questions. And, uh, uh, with what we're all about, but basically, when, when we created this an, a mobile app for a district or for a school, first of all, it's available for our iPhone, any iOS device, iPhones and iPads, uh, and any uh, Android device, so phones and tablets, and uh, totally free for the end user. Uh, they can go into the app store, go to Google Play, download it, and uh, can find your school, your district icon, your own school or district uh, uh, independent listing in the app stores. And uh, what you as a school administrator have the ability to do is to create and send push notifications uh, so you can see you know, any kind of great messages, whether it be – and it's really interesting having worked with uh, close to 200, a little over 200 schools uh, literally uh, globally. We've got schools in Europe as well as the United States. But one thing we've noticed is that schools use the push notifications quite differently. Some of our schools use them for emergency notification to supplement and to, to have another way to blast out. Uh, messages in, in emergency situations, school closing, etc. But a lot of our schools really like to use them for the things that they don't want to bog down their emergency messaging system for things like spirit days, um, things like activities and events and athletics, uh, you know, all the day to day information that you want to get out to people, um, but you don't necessarily want to bog the emergency message notification system. One of the other great features of our apps is the calendar features, which allows you to to download and access uh, calendars for any of the uh, student groups, uh, athletic groups, you know, basically any group affiliated with your school. The general event calendar as well. And you'll notice from the screenshot how it's it's using the native device calendar, uh, which has a ton of great features. So you're not looking, you know, all of us. uh, I don't know about you guys, but if you're uh, can't remember where it is I uh, can't remember exactly what time it starts and you're going to a school website on your iPhone and you're pinching and you're zooming and you're trying to figure it all out it can be a nightmare uh, but if your school has school info app then you can pop right in find the date find the event you can even click a button and get GPS directions uh, on how to get to uh, to where that event is cool. uh, you guys will see the. and I'm just gonna kind of scroll quickly Um just to give you guys kind of a quick idea, but contacts, you know, full faculty staff directory so that each each member of the faculty staff has their own page within the app with their contact information, phone number, website, email, um, and so forth, which is all interactive. Um, I'm going to jump back to social media management in just a second because that's really something hey, George, we're finding a lot. Of tools.
3: Yeah. With, so like with the calendar, specifically the GPS directions, I'm thinking about you know, when we have a soccer game at school, it's it's a madhouse trying to get the parents to the right spot, and we end up printing off a lot of handouts and, you know, delivering them by hand to get parents there. Is is this something that, you know, the calendar can synchronize with a calendar outside of the app, or is it just inside of the app that all that information exists? You
4: know, I'm, I'm really glad you asked the question, so- it's probably the number one question we get is, how's all of this data and information get into the system that drives the app? And one of the great things about it, we've designed our, our whole product to, to include what we refer to as our content management services. And here's what I mean by that. Um, Jeff, literally any of the data, any of the information that's needed to drive the features of the app, uh, basically we will take that in whatever format you are, your school is able to deliver that uh, so obviously we look for all kinds of ways for automation, um, but, but literally we have some schools that fax that, that us, believe it or not, or, or email us uh, schedules and, and, and things on PDFs. And if, if it means us having a team manually uh, set that up, that's what we'll do. Um, our, we, we've kind of built our philosophy around this. We've all seen websites that look like they were probably a great website four or five years ago, but no one's paid any attention to it since then. Right. And we really don't want any of our apps to be that way. So we look at it as a real partnership between us and the school uh, or district, uh, but as a partnership with, hey, we want the content to be great, so we want to make it easy to get it to us. If we can automate it from your website, fantastic. Uh, but even when we can't, you can send it to us in whatever format you want it to, and, uh, and we'll, we'll make it happen. That's really awesome. You got it. You got it. Um, the, uh, and, and you guys can kind of run through our website and you can see all, all the other document folders, incredibly great tool for delivering student handbooks, code of conduct, uh, you know, all the kind of documents that you want people to have access to, um, you know, you can drop right there within the app, and then someone can pull it up on their on their phone. They can print it. They can share it via email. They can share it via text, uh, picture galleries for all the great events. And then we have two uh, really cool features uh, that are really designed for students. And, and uh, you know, Jeff asked me a great question on the podcast last night. Who is our app for? Is it for faculty, staff? Is it for students? Is it for parents? Is it for community. And honestly, the answer is it's for everyone affiliated with your school. There's something for everyone, uh, depending on what their needs are. The student tools are a great example of that. Uh, the, the My Assignments feature is a feature that, that is really literally uh, you know, a digital assignment notebook, a digital version of the uh, assignment notebooks that teachers and students have been using for years and years and years, where a kid can, can go right in, keep up with their assignments uh, on their iPhone or their iPad. And the tip line is, a, is an incredible campus safety feature that allows uh, students to report anonymously anything that they have concerns about, whether it be bullying, academic integrity issues, or what have you, that that tip can be sent anonymously to your, the appropriate person within your, your school or your district. So that's kind of a, a quick run-through of the features, and I'm going to turn my screen share off and come back. And, of course, all of that's on our website at schoolinfoapp.com schoolinfoapp.com and uh and so check it all out and you'll see everything that we have there or give us a call i think the, the phone number by the way that i put in the notes earlier is is not correct it's 318-202-3713 uh and i'll put that in notes here in a second so we'll make sure we have it correct but uh um I, I, jeff i'd be happy to answer any questions or if there's something i didn't hit, uh, touch on that you'd like for me to yeah.
0: jeff i asked you this last night on the podcast when it when it First of all, what does the school need to do to get hooked up with you guys? And what information do you initially need from them as far as graphics and all that good stuff?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing is they need to go to our website and complete an enrollment form that literally takes uh, less than five minutes, gives us the basic information we need uh, and the, you know, the, the, the permissions we need to get started. And uh, <clears throat> the I'm sorry if I said that incorrectly, but that is the correct <laughs> the number two oh two thirty seven thirteen. Uh the other thing is two or three logo images, mascot images, uh, and then from that point forward basically our content management team is gonna go to your school's website and look for all of the potential content and data that would be great for the app. And we're also gonna send you a checklist of things that can be included uh, to, to send to us and we're gonna get everything set up, everything up and running. Uh as quickly and and as easy for you as we can, with as much as painless, I should say, for for your school administrator as we can.
1: So, Jordan, what would you say to a school
4: administrator that says, oh, my gosh, this is just one more thing now that I have to maintain? Well, you know, and and that's exactly why we designed our process, so that you don't have to maintain it. You just have to keep us notified and communicating with however you already keep everyone else notified. We're going to take care of it for you. And the end result is that it's going to be worth it uh, because what you're going to have is an incredible presence in the app stores uh, that allow people to really use the cutting edge, you know, to have an app that really represents your school, your district well and really shows that your school or district is cutting edge and and looking to the future, not just doing things the same way that's always been done.
1: Yeah, and I would answer that as an administrator myself saying that, you know, you save a lot of time not having to answer the questions that will be easily accessible on the app. It looks like oh, it's very well organized and you know, you. it looks like information can be easily accessed by, you know, beginner users or advanced users. And the amount of time that either secretaries or administrators would be able to save by, you know, people having easy access to information
4: Absolutely. is definitely worth the time setting it up. <laughs> that's a great point. Absolutely.
0: Jeff, let me ask you as an administrator, for a school district looking to start a social media presence, how can a mobile app help create a sense of more community awareness for what's going on inside the school?
1: Well, you know, people love apps. We always talk about apps. People like, you know, what apps do you have now? What's new? I mean, it seems like it's almost a commonplace conversation, which is amazing. I love that. But at the same time, if you can get the buzz out about a school or district app, and then embed that social media, like Jordan was talking about, into that app. I think that's a great way to get a you know foot in the door for your social media presence, which is either Twitter, or Facebook, or whatever you know tools you use. Um, but I think people talk about apps. I don't. I don't see people talking about oh, what's your Twitter account or whatever like that. I think it's more. Tell me about your school blog. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's more common for people to ask, you know, have you downloaded any cool apps lately? And if a parent's talking to another parent and they say, did you see the high school app or whatever, then I think you're able to get a lot more information in the hands of people by just word of mouth.
4: Jeff, let me, let me jump in and tell you a really funny story. One of, the, one of the funniest things that's happened is we went on this adventure. Uh, we started this business two years ago, and the first school we rolled out was obviously my kids' <laughs> school. And uh, literally three different occasions, my wife and I were sitting at various ball games and school events, and we overheard somebody say something to the effect of, hey, have you seen this new app? And uh, so, of course, our ears kind of perked up, and uh, we kind of did a little, you know, looking over and leaning in and listening. And three different occasions, we saw one parent telling another parent, hey, the school has their own app now. You can keep up with all – and they were basically selling the app for us. It was really gratifying. It was really cool because it was – you know – Rarely in business do you get a chance to kind of be the the proverbial fly on the wall, sure. and uh, we got a chance to do that, and, and it was really neat. It, it was.
0: That's awesome. Great. Yeah, I could definitely see that happen, too, for sure. You bet. Could you talk to us a little bit about the pricing structure that you guys have for schools?
4: Yeah, you know, we've designed it to be incredibly affordable, and, and obviously um, – At a district level, there's a lot of considerations that go into it, so we we need to talk with uh, the right personnel specifically, and and we're happy to put together a quote for a district um, and uh, to to do that. Um, You know, one of the things I can tell you that we found there's several ways we can help schools in finding the funding uh, rather than getting a specific price, and Jeff, just a couple things to kind of cover. Uh, We found that Title I Parental Involvement Funds is a great as uh, a great source, parental involvement is a, great, uh, uh, is a great use of the app for that, I should say. Um, we've also found several schools that found the funding simply by reducing printing and postage costs and including more of their documents, more of the information they wanted to get out to people by putting it in the app, sending a push notification, and saying, hey, if you need this document, here it is in the app. Get it on your iPhone, get it on your iPad, get it on your tablet. And uh, as well as we have a really innovative sponsorship program where we can work with your school, work with your district to line up local sponsors, people that you approve of, number one, uh, to advertise within the app and to help offset the cost. And uh, we've had a lot of success with that in several schools, several districts that have fully offset the cost uh, by having two or three or four advertisers within the app.
0: Now. Jordan, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there actually is a lot of competition out there now for school districts to create their own app. I was doing a lot of research. There's actually a website that might be competing with you, but it's actually called Puppet Info App. We have a representative from Puppet <laughs> Info App right here. I'd like to bring on <laughs>
3: Well, the the great thing about Puppet Info App is it makes the information really accessible and even more credible because it turns out that no matter what a puppet says, people find it entertaining. So while the information may not be correct or up to date, it's really, really engaging.
4: So do do you send Puppet push notifications?
3: We're a little touchy about
0: the Puppet push, but yes, yes, you could say that. Well, because
3: the okay. puppets
4: are bigger, they actually—they're
0: called shove notifications that <laughs> okay.
4: Now, does that does that fall into a bullying policy for a school? <laughs> does that be a problem for shoving? Now,
0: Waka, it all depends Waka, on the tone. Okay. Walker, can you talk to us about your calendar integration?
3: Sure. The calendar integration is amazing because basically, what we can do is we take your standard calendar page and we integrate <laughs> it. <laughs> And then it's fully integrated into the Puppet Push notifications, and when it's time, we just kind of, you know, we'll call you on the phone, uh, tell you that it's time to get to work, or time to do your homework.
1: I want to know where you found the phone that that looks like that still.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We've got a tech museum here. So readily
1: accessible.
0: Now, now, Waka, do you tailor the, um, the, your apps to other puppets? Um,
3: well, the whole thing about puppets is we're all about tailoring because we're made out of cloth. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs>
0: um, you know, it, it's very rare that we have two competing products on. Jordan, do you, do you have anything to say to Waka here?
4: You know what? I'm just right going to throw in the towel. I don't think there's any way I can compete with the puppet push notification, puppet shove notifications. You you lost me right there.
0: <laughs> I could build a
4: puppet out of that towel. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing individual. Jordan, where do you
0: did go for more information about School Info App?
4: Yeah, go with our website, schoolinfoapp.com, schoolinfoapp.com. And uh, I know we had a little trouble with the phone number earlier. We're going to get it right this time. It's 318 Two zero two three seven one three. Give us a call any time tomorrow, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you. Or shoot, you can shoot me an email directly at JRiggs at schoolinfoapp.com. Nice,
0: and uh, all of our information on tonight's show will be over at Tech forward slash fourteen. Guys, I think we covered a lot of stuff today, and I want to say thank you to our two guests, Jordan Riggs. Uh, Alyssa Malaspina and uh, and Waka actually for coming on the show today um, Jeff this week for an instructional tech talk what do you got going on
1: you know I'm just gonna get back into uh, writing again I'm um, kind of taken a couple weeks off from adding anything significant to the article section of the of the website so I'm really excited to be putting that back in full swing uh, as all of you may know the end of a school year always gets pretty crazy and I just have had very limited amount of time to keep up with some stuff so i'm looking forward to getting back into full swing with uh some article writing and bringing on some great podcasts jeff.
0: excellent uh next week jeff i believe we're actually going to have a representative from instructional puppet talk on i believe so
1: yes and i think that person is still under under construction <laughs> 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 yes,
3: absolutely
0: uh, sam what's going on this week with Patui?
3: But this week we're talking data-driven instruction with Jill Thompson, so it should be an awesome show. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern on Tuesday.
0: Nice. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff going on with TeacherCast. Um, I'm working on my first iBook author program. And, uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. I actually applied today for my iBook author license, Mm. um, which I'm hoping that that process isn't too long. They actually make you create an additional iTunes, um, account. Mm. So I I had a good time today supplying Apple with yet another credit card information. (laughs) Um, but apparently you can't be an app developer and a book developer all under the same uh, same account number. So other than that, again, we're going to be having our, 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 our show with Memphis City Schools. If you are looking to go one-to-one, you need to check out podcast.teachercast.net. I have some great shows on how to do one-to-one. In fact, they just released a blog um, called The Educator's Guide to Going One-to-One. I think it was called over at blog.teachercast.net. And it's gotten a lot of hits and a lot of traffic. So if you're looking for that, uh, please check that out. Um, Let's see. What else is going on? Next week, we're going to continue our shows on digital classrooms. Um, We might have some other LMS people coming on, but we'll certainly uh, do a good job next Tuesday. Sorry, next Sunday. Wow, it's getting late here. (laughs) Anyway. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we certainly welcome you to check out our website. Again, I'll pull it up here, techeducatorpodcast.com. You can, of course, reach out to us and leave a voicemail, techeducatorpodcast.com slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at techeducatorpodcast.com. And, of course, follow us on our new Twitter account, tech Ed Show. and We always follow the hashtag TechEducator. We'll be back, of course, on the air next Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern, and you can catch us live each and every week at TeacherCast.tv. On behalf of our co-hosts, Jeff Herb, Sam Patterson, and John Samuels, we want to say happy Mother's Day out there to everybody. Take care of everybody, and until next time, keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your puppets and your students. Good night, everybody.